Welcome to the Bible Geek Podcast. This is Jay Cruz with another episode. And this is episode 20. And we're going to talk about a bit about what the Bible's about, salvation, and how that does affect you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Jay Cruz. All you Bible thumpers out there, all you Bible geeks. How's it going? It's Saturday and we are just doing multiple podcasts today. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about salvation. We're going to talk about how all this affects us and what does this mean. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and change the Christian culture, especially in this world, especially in this nation. Um, Let's bring it back to Jesus Christ where it belongs. Um, So... What's this whole Bible thing, right? What's, why, why should why should it matter to me? What's the big deal with this whole entire thing? Isn't this a book written by a bunch of guys, and you know, you know, couldn't they wrote anything? I mean, I mean, is this even true? I mean, you know, blah blah blah. You guys already know that there's a lot of people that are <laughs> just so against the Bible, and and I mean, they have. I'll tell you one thing though, they do have like. Um, the right to question, right? I mean, come on. I mean, that's what life's about, questioning things and testing things out, right? And getting the evidence for the things that are, are being said, right? And so I'm not going to go ahead and try to prove anything. Um, this is not that. This is more like just kind of talking about, you know, what the Bible is, um, the story, and the and basically just kind of like why it's so important, right? So Christians have this saying that the written word of God leads us to the living word, meaning that the words that were penned down by men that were chosen by God and basically led by the Spirit the Spirit of God, they wrote all these things down, but it was meant to lead you to Jesus Christ, which Jesus is known as the living Word, the Word of God. And so through the Spirit, multiple men from different timelines, right, wrote these words down as God told them to write it. And you basically have them writing pieces that eventually gives you the big picture. It's like a puzzle, right? It's like you have this each piece as you are starting to put each piece together. It brings you closer to seeing the full picture. You know, at the moment when you got the puzzles in the floor and all, you're like, it's a wreck. <laughs> it's a wreck, but. Um, with these piece that you put together, basically just like the whole thing just comes together. And so we have, we have a story. It's a love story. It's a story about God. It's about God's son. It's about his Holy Spirit. It's about, um, his creation. It's about his plans um, to save his creation and it begins with creation, you know, and it kind of talks about the redemption 
or redeeming mankind. And then um, it ends with Jesus Christ just ruling over not only heaven, but earth as well. And so we're going to start in Genesis. And I'm going to try to give you a quick synopsis of all this stuff. Like, I'm just going to like kind of quickly go through it um, because it's a lot. So what I give you is going to be very light, super light. It's like not even deep. And so in the beginning, right, you got God. He's creating man. Um, and he creates man, puts him in this in this garden. And basically what he does, he gives this man, um, how do you say? He's responsible for his creation for this earth, right? So he's like the ruler on this earth. And man goes and he starts to name animals and he starts to kind of like, you know, as God is instructing him, of course, but he's naming the animals. He's doing everything that God would do. Like, he's just literally um, taking care of and being some type of ruler or someone who rules or takes care of, right? Takes care of this world. And so the devil doesn't like it. He doesn't like the way, he doesn't like what he's seeing. He doesn't like that God made man in his own image. Because angels are not made in the image of God. Um, he doesn't like that he's given man this world. You know, he doesn't like to he doesn't he doesn't like seeing the relationship between God and man, and he doesn't like the fact that God is spoiling man in some type of way. So God can do anything, but God basically just likes to use people to do stuff as well. Like he's just like not trying to do it all himself it's like we're his hands and his feet you know and he uses us um and so anyway the devil doesn't like it he's trying to figure out a way to break this this love relationship that god and man has going on and at that time you know the man was alone and so god gave him a partner and um he basically made a woman out of the rib of a man, and now this woman exists, and now the man isn't alone. Because reality is, is that God is a God of relationship, and people are not meant to be alone, right? Like, people are not meant to be alone. Like, if you get a person alone on an island, he's going to lose his mind, right? Have you guys ever seen Castaway? Where, um, yeah, the guy was on an island, and he was talking to a soccer ball. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's not good. And God saw that. God's like, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. So let me just give him somebody. Um, so fast forward, you know, man sins, man falls. He forfeits the world of this earth and the enemy takes over. And of course, sin comes in, destruction comes in, death comes in. And God is like, I now have to send somebody to save man because man's not going to be able to save themselves. And while they were in the garden and they took of the uh, tree of knowledge and uh, knowledge of good and evil, um, 
God kicked them out because he didn't want them to take of the of the uh, tree that basically would have man live forever in such a fallen state. So they were kicked out. They were no longer in the presence of God. And there was a veil put up between God and man. Now, of course, man and God still had some type of relationship because God spoke to man. You know, God would just like kind of walk around with man. And I mean, yeah, he would still have that. But definitely the relationship between man and God got distorted. Man didn't trust God, kept on pointing the finger at God every time something bad happens. And, you know, just kind of like what people do now. It's just like, you know, they blame God for everything. They don't blame him for anything that's good. They just blame him for everything that just goes wrong. And so God comes along, he chooses this man called Abraham, and he tells Abraham that he was going to bless him, that he was going to make him a father of many nations. And um, fast forward, Moses comes along, God gives his laws. Now man is aware of what he is doing because now the laws have been given to him. I think it's like 600 and something laws. And I think God just kind of like dumbed it down to 10. And... um. God starts to like, he had made a plan. He said that he was going to send a Messiah, which it's a savior. And that would be like Jesus. That would be like Yeshua HaMashiach. That would be Jesus Christ. Um, Yeshua HaMashiach basically just means Jesus Christ, but in in Hebrew. And so the law is given to man. Now, now that law, basically what it does, it exposes your sin. It lets you know, like, this is your sin. Like, this is... This is what you shouldn't be doing, and this is what you're doing. And God gives them the sacrificial system, which means like they're starting to kill, you know, they have to kill animals and blood needs to be shed, needs to be sacrificed, um, so that they can be forgiven, right? They can be restored. But all of that stuff was basically um a foreshadow of what was to come. Basically, that the Messiah would come. And that the Messiah wouldn't be a conquering Messiah, he would be a humble Messiah that would die for the sins of his people. Um, and that the, then he would leave, but he would come back and then he would come as a conquering Messiah, basically coming back to this earth, um, to reign and rule in the millennial kingdom. And so what you have is the law basically being a schoolmaster, which points to Jesus Christ. And now that you have that, right now that you, you, you have the law, it, Basically, the law was given to show you that you can keep the law perfectly. Nobody can keep it perfectly. Like, it's just, it's so hard. And so God says, I'm going to send the Messiah. And basically, you guys are going to enter into the age of grace. Um, here's the gift of salvation. If you just received my son as Lord, God, and Savior, if you believe in him, and you believe that he died for your sins, and you believe that you know, if you put your trust in him, you're going to be saved, right? Jesus comes, Jesus dies on the cross, he's resurrected on the third day, um, as spoken of by the prophets of old in the Tanakh. And you receive salvation. You're basically sealed to the day of judgment. I'm not the day of judgment. I keep saying the day of judgment. It's not that. You're sealed to the day of redemption. Okay, so let's just kind of make that clear. So, once you receive Jesus, you receive the Spirit, and basically you're sealed to the day of redemption, which means that now you're living in a time of grace. 
um, and you go through the process of sanctification, glorification, and just kind of a whole bunch of other theological stuff that we could be talking about. But I want to just keep it simple. What I'm trying to say is that there's a process to your salvation. You're just not going to walk. You're not going to be holier than thou just because you receive Jesus. There is definitely a process to this thing. And the only one that can really straighten out those things is the Holy Spirit. That's who, like, works in your mind and your heart, you know. Um, just kind of chiseling away at the hard stuff, all right. And so Jesus um, speaks about, like, What's going to happen in the future? He lets us know what we need to look for. Um, he reminds us to love. He reminds us to be careful. He reminds us to take care of, of one another. And then, like, he gives us all these, like, he gives us a charge of love. But within that love is, like, the the apostles speak about other things, about how we should be living, you know, and how sh we should not live like the world, right? We should be apart from the world. We should be... Uh, when people see us, they should know that we're different, you know, that we're not the same. And so, basically, he lets us know, God lets us know that there's no way that man can save himself. You know, just imagine a drug addict trying to save himself. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? And, um, this man needs help. He's in a state of, of basically um, dying. He's in a dying state. And Jesus says, hey, what I'm going to do is I am going to save you guys. Once you guys are saved, I am coming back. I am going to judge the world. And everybody who rejects the Father and rejects me, well, everyone who rejects me rejects the Father, in other words, um, because the Father sent the Son as a gift so that man could be saved. So if you reject that gift of salvation, you're not going to enter into God's rest. You're going to be separated from God. And to be separated from God is not a good thing. Because if God is light and you're separated from him, you're not going to have light. If he's good, you're not going to have that goodness. If he's, if he's love, which we know he is, you're not going to have that love. In other words... Absent, God absent is not a good thing in your life because you're going to be left with nothing. Darkness and, of course, judgment. And basically, that's where hell comes from. Like, hell is a contamination of evil. But hell is, is a place also of people who just reject the gospels, reject the good news, reject that, reject salvation. In other words, they say, God, we know that you've given us this gift, but we don't want your gift. We don't want your gift. We are going to reject it. And so anybody that rejects that gift will not be saved. Because none of us are good, and basically we were all headed to hell until Jesus did what he did. Um, and so now, if we reject what Jesus did, then we're rejecting God. We're rejecting his promised to save us to his son and now we're we're left with um judgment we're left to stand on our own because what jesus did is he imputed his righteousness unto us he imputed his righteousness unto us he traded places with us right so so what so what we were supposed to receive he received himself okay on our behalf in other words it's like saying like somebody's going to be condemned to die 
for something they did, right? They did this wrong. Let's say somebody murdered somebody and they're about to die. They're supposed to die because they murdered that person. And somebody innocent comes in and says, hey, I want to trade places with him. Let me die in his place. And then that person that actually committed the murder is set free. And that's what Jesus did. And if you notice, when Jesus was um, being, uh, when he was being just to die, you got to remember, there was a man by the name of Barabbas. Okay. Barabbas means son of the father. So, um, that he was a murderer and they chose for Jesus to die. And this man was set free. That was a clear picture of what was going on with when Jesus was going to uh, trade places with us. And that's what he did. He traded places with us. So to reject God's gift of salvation is definitely, you're just judging. You're, you're bringing judgment to yourself, in other words. Like, you're just kind of just saying, hey, I'll take my chances. And, and what you're saying is that you don't need the Lord's righteousness. You're saying you're about to go before the judge with your own righteousness. It's kind of like just going to a judge without, a, without nobody to defend you. And you're trying to defend yourself and you wind up just it, it being worse than anything else, you know, because. Or let's say if the judge says, hey, I'm going to give you I'm going to be leaning on you and you say, no, don't be leaning. Don't be leaning on me. Let's go. I want to go to court. I want to I want to see if I can. You know, it's like, I don't know. Personally, you cannot go with your own righteousness before a holy God unless Jesus, unless you have Jesus. Um, blood covering you. That's just basically it. All right. And so anyway, Jesus returns. Jesus sets his throne. There's a millennial kingdom. There's a time of peace. Um, everybody's being blessed. Everybody's living hunky-dory. And um, all the evil gets basically judged. And then, of course, the Bible says that God will create a new heavens, new earth, and new everything. Everything will be made new. And no more of this stuff, in other words. The stuff that you're experiencing down here, all the heartache, all the pain, all the tears, all the suffering, all the stress, all the stuff that just isn't good because you know it's not good because you wake up to it every day and you hate it. You don't like it. <laughs> you wish life could be better, but it's not. And some people even try to escape it by doing drugs, uh, listening to music or just trying to drink it off or whatever, sleep or whatever. But you know it's not good and it's just a horrible thing. What does it mean to you? It means a lot. If you reject Jesus as Lord and Savior, and if you don't put your trust in him, you will end up in a place called hell. All right? It's called Gehenna in the Hebrew, or the, uh, the Aramaic, the Hebrew. It's called Gehenna. And it's a place in Israel where they burn the trash. So hell's not a pretty place. It was Yeah, it was created for the angels, but it says that hell has, has enlarged itself because of Every person that has um, rejected God, all right, and rejected his, his, his salvation. So a lot of people, there's a lot of good people in hell, supposedly. I mean, not nobody's good. I'm just saying that there are people that are good that are in hell. And there's certain people that you would be surprised that are in heaven. Um, and the only reason is because maybe that person that, ended up in heaven just 
um, said, you know what, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need you. While the other person who basically never did anything wrong, supposedly, um, decides that, Jesus, I don't need you. You know, the big key to salvation is Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have salvation and you want to stay clear away from that. So how does it affect you? It affects you big time. All right. It's not something to play with because every day somebody's dying and some people are either dying with Christ or they're dying without Christ. All right. Well, this episode is done. This was episode 20. Hopefully you guys liked it. Um, if you guys did like it, go ahead and share with your family, with share with your friends. And um, you know, never know, you probably be saving a soul, be doing a good work for the kingdom. Um, yeah, anyway, with that being said, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Maranatha.